We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... And welcome to Studio 222 at the ABC in Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover, and please welcome this week's gang. It's Gary Eck, Alice Fraser, and Beck Melrose. And with the music, it is the full cast of the Hayes Theatre production of Nice Work, If You Can Get It. They'll be singing for us live. But before all that happens, we need to check that you are up with this week's news. Who has scored a terrific own goal. Mm. Who wants to? Oh, Alice. Oh. Alice yes. has got a hand up. She's so keen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Alice, yes. This is the story of the World Cup, uh, the Soccer World Cup 2022, which is taking place in the shameful past. Sorry, it's pronounced Qatar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after killing more than 800 migrant workers building their sports washing facilities, it turns <sighs> out that uh, all great Neptune's ocean will not wash this blood clean from those stadiums. Hmm. It's... In fact, it's almost the opposite, isn't it? Because all it served to do is attract attention to all they do wrong. Yes, hmm. everyone is now just laser focusing in on all of the dreadful things uh, that have been done uh, in that country, but particularly that they kind of amped up doing terrible things in the name of getting these facilities finished. Uh, Joe Lysett in uh, the UK, comedian Joe Lysett, uh, shredded £10,000 to try and get David Beckham to um, take his face off all of the advertising. Uh, well, he's absolutely being ambassador number one for it, isn't he? Yeah, mm. yeah, he's he's the guy. And just you just when you when you see somebody who's that rich doing something that soullessly sellouty, you're like, mate. Yeah, but in terms of yeah. his values, he's bending them like Beckham. Isn't <laughs> he? <laughs> he did line up for the Queen for eight hours. Come on, ah, that's true. And he gave that's everyone true. donuts too. I yeah, mean, he's, yeah. he's redeemed himself he's morally, redeemed, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Moral equivalencies. <laughs> That's but sports, sports washing often doesn't seem to work. They're just, uh, uh, you know, the Lady Macbeth Cup or, or whatever they call it, the golf, you know, that, you know, out damn out spot, spot and yeah. all of that. But it, it just doesn't serves work. to, uh, it, it serves to make people talk about Saudi Arabia more and more. I feel like yeah. this is, yeah, it, it's, it's sort of old school advertising executives kind of aging out of like, this works, this works. And you're like, no, mate, it doesn't. We have Twitter now. Like, <laughs> you don't just get to dominate one mainstream channel with your, you know, advertising spend. Actually, now people talk about the fact that, you know, you don't let some people drive or when yes. yeah. you know, when migrant workers come to the country, they have to give up their passport to their masters. It's like completely horrifying stuff. Mm. And, 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 and every time, uh, you, know, one, they, you know, the teams want to wear uh, the, the, the one love uh, little armband and instead of just saying, okay, that's fine and moving on, they say you can't and yeah. that means then the, the German team do this quite theatrical thing where they put their all put their homes yeah. over their mouths mm. and it makes it worse. Well, it used to be mm. all, good, all publicity was good publicity and I think now with, with the proliferation of social media, all publicity is bad publicity. You could be rescuing a puppy from a tree, yeah. covered in love hearts, land on a, a cushion and, like, save a grandmother yeah. from drowning yeah. and people will be like... That tree, yeah. that that uh, dog was trying to be a bird yeah. and you've destroyed you know. it. Yeah, they will dig up a blackface incident. You know, like, you just... But don't... Can't do anything. Just Stay chill. Sh- 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 Some of it's deserved, though. Like, you can't backflip on, like, you know, 
cancelling alcohol at the stadium last minute. They didn't like, cancel alcohol. Well, well they didn't cancel. They cancelled Budweiser. Budweiser, <laughs> yeah, which now they've got like tens of millions of cases. They've actually changed their name to Budwaster. <laughs> it's the, uh, the beer you have when you can't have a beer. It was always a beer you <laughs> have when you can't <laughs> have a beer. Yeah, so it's, the ad's a guy just pouring it down a toilet. That's yeah. it. Going, to be well, fair, this is the only way America will talk about tens of millions of cases of anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is very true. Did you hear about all the fake fans too? Like apparently they've shipped in all these fake fans into they're, Qatar. They're paying them oh. to pretend they're Italian or UK or, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. we can spot it because we've had Scott Morrison for four years so we can spot a fake <laughs> fan a mile away now, can't we? He's the kind of guy that yeah. would walk into a bank. He thinks uh, full credit to the boys mm. is something you apply for at a bank so yeah. we can spot it. <laughs> I did there. see him barring for the, for, the, uh, for the Italians at the, the World Cup. I mean, I just see these these fake fans being hired, and I think that is the dream job for all of the improv idiots that I went to school with. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's a gig for a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? So that, but everyone said the UK fans didn't look like true UK fans because they weren't drunk and violent. <laughs> 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 Seemed a bit cruel. Uh, we're with Gary Eck, Alice Fraser and Beck Melrose. What from Down Under might be up over by the end of the decade? What from mm, Down yes. Under might be up over... Well, in the sky. Well, this, yeah, Richard, this is kind of, uh, they wanted, there's a big push to put astronauts back on the moon. By the end of the decade. By, by the end of the decade. And uh, to be honest, I don't really know why. I mean, there's not much there. We've been there and it's, um, I mean, TripAdvisor gave it one star. <laughs> they said there was no atmosphere. And, uh, you know, there was, uh, you, you, everywhere you just like, you bounce around everywhere you go and, you know, the, the it's hard to breathe, you know. Like the, the, the reviews were awful, those shocking reviews. But they actually, they do, because there was a story today about a female um, astronaut. Yeah, she's yeah. Australian. That's right, yeah. She lives in the UK, but she's a reservist. Like there's 11 reservists around the world. I think they call the them world. astronauts. Astronauts. <laughs> astronauts. Astronauts. But um, so she might be called. But whether up. it's her or a him, the experts all say because we're so involved it's in Australian. the program, there'll be an Australian on the moon yeah. by the end of the decade. Well, they've already organised, so they're going to have a shot of this. Well, it's not going to be a space boot. It's going to be an Ugg boot. As, as, as it hits, <laughs> hits the moon. And, uh, and then they're going to plant two flags because that's Australian. There'll be a life, sur- life surfer. That's right. So, yeah, so lifeguard in the middle. Yeah. Hey, no moonwalking between the flags, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't be, a, if it's in a nug boot, it won't be a giant step. It'll be a giant shuffle. Yeah, shuffle. I, yeah, oh, yeah. I hate this story already. I can already see the lazy headlines. It's not, that's not a small step for man. This is a small step for man. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a moon. This is a moon. Just dance himself. That's. Uh, that's what we're in for if Australia goes to the moon. It's a double moon, right? Yeah. It's a double you look moon. up into the sky. Yeah, the dark side of the moon. Yeah. Yeah. I'll show you the dark side. I don't side. want to see the dark side of the moon. The it's Aussies have arrived. <laughs> uh, who, uh, who's been, been busy when it comes to giving someone a caning? Cane. Well, I know who's this. Who's been busy, yes. Because Beck. I actually play an Ibis in my comedy. I do a show where I'm Ibis, the... Uh, Advocate from the IBIS Leadership and Advocacy Program. Oh, that's good. So this right. is the story of the IBIS. The much maligned. The much maligned mm. and unfairly maligned, shall I say, IBIS, learning to eat the cane toad. Mm. But I've seen a lot of reporting today that calls the IBIS the bin chicken, and I have to say, as an IBIS advocate, that is not the name that we like. You can call us anything else, rubble, raven, tip, turkey, garbage, galada, tritus, dodo, chuff, chuff, foul owls, 
picnic pricks, cooked abaras, <laughs> filfinch, junk jays, the poor man's flamingo, vomit vultures, grot geese, scum swans, grub gulls, palm parrots, dump ducks, puffin worth nothing, scrap sparrow, dread pelican, <laughs> even poultry geist. Like, we'll take anything. <laughs> but just the poor man's flamingo is the best. Well, it's, it's, a, it's much better than bin chicken. We don't like bin mm. chicken, so please don't do that. Well, it is, it is a bit unfair because there's something inspiring. Before we get to the cane, yeah. the marvellous thing they're doing for the cane toads, uh, there's something inspiring about these animals it's uh, birds that have been driven out of their natural home and they've had to live in the city and they've, mm. uh, they've adapted. Absolutely. Yeah. They've shown tremendous resilience, haven't they? And, and they can do it again. And they're very, I mean, they're, I mean, you know, the fact that they're actually a bit more resourceful. I mean, a seagull just kind of hassles you for the chip. I mean, the, the ibis actually gets the potato, cuts it up, <laughs> deep fries it with salt and vinegar. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's what it does. I mean, it's quite incredible what it's doing with the cane toad. Like, it grabs the cane toad. So this is called the stress and wash method. Yeah, okay. yeah. So and v- violently shakes it, right, so that the, the cane toad goes, what the? And, and its defense mechanism is to release all the toxins, right? And then it flies away and then puts, dunks the, the cane toad in the... Um, well, the Lewis Creek or well, the whatever. Creek, I mean, yeah, washes yeah. it. And yeah. I saw like a, one... was getting a cup of tea. Yeah, I mean, the one I was watching was just grilling it in a light... Butter and garlic <laughs> sauce. Oh, beautiful. And it was really nice. Simon Marnie was there. Um, <laughs> he'd have Simon Marnie, the, the he'd bird. Have, he'd, have, he'd have fought the bird yeah. for the toad. Okay. And here comes the Simon Marnie. <laughs> Look, I don't want to be uh, the Nelly naysayer on this. I, I realise I've been quite negative so far in this program, but I think this is a terrifying prospect. We know what happened with the cane toad. It was brought in to control the snakes in the cane, yep. and then it all got out of control. I feel like forcing the ibis to evolve to problem solve is not... What you, we think, want. you think we've got a bit of uh, history in this? Yes, well, this is what's called a solution stack, and it ends badly. You know, it ends with us bringing in like carnivorous elephants to defeat the ibis problem. Like, I don't think that'll happen with ibis, yeah. though, Alice. You know, because as the advocate for the eyes of the ibis yeah. association, let, let me let me ask you this: Have you ever seen an ibis flattened on the road? <laughs> they yeah. evade cars. They're very smart yeah, birds. Yeah. I think we're yeah. in safe hands. I mean, you, you think about the way that the Egyptians uh, pu- pictured the ibis, you know, ushering yeah. people into the land of the dead. I feel like that is too much inspo for the ibis. <laughs> but <laughs> the trouble is inspo. we've all been worried, haven't we, about the cane toad slowly moving down yeah. into northern New South Wales and then towards Sydney. Maybe we need to have a defensive a defensive barrier somewhere like Coffs Harbour where we get the ibis to move mm. up as the cane toads move down. We have some sort of line there, I a line of defence. I not trust an ibis until it explains its horrible underarms. Mm. I, like, I, I like. can explain those. That actually only comes in when we're in heat. Those little red marks, that's only when we're a little bit randy. <laughs> Sorry, are you, are you an ibis? I am an ibis, yes. <laughs> You've made a very big study yeah. of it, Beck. I really have. Uh, my show goes for an hour and I talk all about how the ibis is unfairly treated in this city. Well, mm. You've got a whole show dedicated to the ibis. I am an ibis for a full hour. Have you But you dress up I mean, as an ibis? Absolutely I do. I've got cigarette butts all over my costume, <laughs> just getting into character. So this, the new science is only three days old, that the, uh, the, they're now using this stress and wash method with the uh, cane toads. Are you going to have to work that into the show? Well, the science is three days old, but I tell you what, the knowledge is ancient. <laughs> We've been doing this for a long time before we got caught. We know what we're doing. Yeah, thank God I had an ibis on the show yeah. to answer these yeah. questions. We're going to have some music in a, in a second, but let me first ask you this. Twin babies have been born in the US uh, this week using embryos frozen 30 years ago. The father noting that, in a sense, they're our oldest children, even though they're our youngest children. If a baby really was in its 30s as it navigated its first few years of life, how would things 
go differently? In other words, how would a 30-year-old baby behave? Alice Fraser, you're close to a baby. <laughs> they already made this documentary, Richard, and it was called Boss Baby and... <laughs> Oh, that's what I was thinking. Where's that film come from? <laughs> Sounds like a Will Ferrell film, but yeah, Boss Baby. That was I, very I don't know. How would your, your uh, well, now, uh, big uh, big child, uh, how would they behave if they were really 30 as they navigated the, the situations of childhood? I mean, certainly uh, she would be a lot less willing to be entertained by the kind of books that I read her. <laughs> She'd be too cool for it. Yeah. Uh, That'd be a super guide to superannuation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot more Instagram posing, I guess. Yeah. Um, poss- possibly less shitting in pants. I don't know. It sort of depends on... Yeah, there's a lot of forks in the road that can <laughs> dictate that along the how way. Those, how those first 30 years have gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. I, yeah, I feel like my baby would be crying about the same amount, but, but, but about having a... a Life crisis. <laughs> about different matters. How, how, Beck, how would a, a baby, if a baby really was 30, as, as the father implies, how would they behave? How would it be different? Well, I'm in my 30s now, so I think they'd be taking a lot of Voltaren. I think they'd be talking a lot about Coldplay concerts that they enjoyed non-ironically. They'd probably be talking about what Harry Potter house they fit into. These are the things that we're doing in our 30s, wearing high-waisted jeans, parting our hair on the side. Complaining about how babies that were born yesterday have got it so much easier than the babies born today <laughs> had, you know. You know a a high waisted jean would go well with a nappy, wouldn't it? Just oh, absolutely. Good look, yeah, yeah. It really slims when you've got a nappy on. <laughs> Beautiful silhouette. How would they be if uh, if you really were if you gave birth and the the baby really was thirty years old already? <laughs> well, I guess it, if it's thirty, then it can talk, which is the scary part: having a baby talk and just. Instead of crying, actually. Uh, argue back. Well, just not even argue, just going, Mother, I've pooed myself again. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened. Mother, I've pooed myself. Mother! Oh, can you get Dad to do it this time? He's so lazy, he does nothing around the house. Come on, Mother. <laughs> My baby's in a panic mode at the moment. She's doing the uh, anxiety attachment stuff. Uh, so if I put her down or try to walk away from her, me, her, she clings to my knees like I'm a pillager destroying a medieval <laughs> village begging me to pick her back up. Mm. So I don't need the, like, eloquent rhetoric to back her up. It's already really stressful. I'm like, I'm just making a cup of tea. Do you have any tips to get over that? Because I don't think I ever got over that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, why, why is the, why is the baby uh, that you're uh, performing, yeah. Gary, so posh? Yes. <laughs> well, Very because all baby. babies talk like this when they're thirty and they're born, Richard. Of course, um, you know, uh, as you know, uh, we drink a lot of milk. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of milk. For... Well, they would insist on the right sort of milk, wouldn't oh, they? They'd be say, terrible. I'm sick of this cow's milk. Have you got anything that's macadamia yeah, based? Yes, I mean, I, when they're born, I, it's not cow's milk, Richard. Yes. I'm not to say. <laughs> no, it is. I insist on cow's milk. Yes, I'm tired of. I went on Amazon, Richard, and I found um, some teeth and I bought them. And I'm going to from now on, I want Wagyu beef, mother. Wagyu. This is a fancy baby. Actually, you can buy teeth online. This is the thing I, I found I've out the it. other yeah, day. Yeah, real teeth. Uh, and I, don't, I, I wish I hadn't found it out. And for now what I know purpose? it forever. For whatever you like. Oh, okay. Yeah, like real, real teeth. Yeah. Real you teeth. Put them in your mouth. And <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've already mentioned to you how my grandmother collected her children's teeth. Yes, I not? that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She made yeah. a bracelet that's, with all yeah, of Yeah, but your the... mother's a gra- vampire, isn't she? My, so. grandma, my grandmother, she had three children and she collected all of their baby teeth and she set them like charms in a gold bracelet, jingly, mm. jingly gold bracelet. And it's somewhere still 
Uh, it's, oh, it's on wow. that dividing line between cute and horrific. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, is why I've decided I need yeah. to buy some teeth online so that mm. I can uh, bulk out my baby's teeth with some uh, and make a crown, mm. like a Game of Thrones kind oh, of throne wow, crown. Yeah. Yeah. All teeth. Why not just but make a throne of teeth then? Yeah. That's didn't your grandmother take the teeth while you're wearing them, though? That was the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> she, genuinely, my grandmother was so excited when you had a loose tooth but the prospect of tying a string to it, wow. tying it to the door and slamming the door. But my uncle... Uh, presumably for unrelated reasons, is a dentist, and he would very gently extract a tooth if it was wobbly. And so you, Granny would be like, let me slam your tooth through the door, and my uncle would be like, no, 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 and you'd be like, I'm going with the cool guy. Please. Oh, absolutely. I'd be choosing the dentist over beauty as pain, for sure. But you're the one with the ibis uh, beak necklace, aren't you? Surely. Oh, absolutely. And the ibis beak has evolved over many centuries to be able to get to the bottom of the bin, so that's a whole very special invention. It is. What a beautiful example of evolution, which has now seen them defeat the cane toad. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. We have Gary Eck, Alice Fraser and Beck Melrose. Now, the Good Food Guide came out this week with the meals available at the state's top restaurants described in luscious, adjective-laden detail. But what about the places most of us attend? Can you write the Good Food Review of one of the places you chose to eat this week? Beck Melrose. I certainly can. Now, can I read you this review from the Good Food Guide for my very own kitchen? Oh, very good. I didn't know they reviewed. That's good, though. Yeah, Yeah. they do. It's amazing. Mm. They really have got quite an extensive reach. They've said, The kitchen is undoubtedly one of the best restaurants in this 64-square-metre apartment. It was there I experienced a ferocious, unapologetic fusion of two-minute noodles boldly pushing the limit of their (laughs) use-by date and the tantalising no-name tuna so pungently terrific I wanted to put on its skin and flop around the floor. (laughs) The table setting was my lap. It was adorned with tableware donated by sharehouses around the world, a bowl with caked-on crumbs so resilient they evade even the longer cycle of the battle-weary dishwasher and coupled with the culinary improvisation of the cantankerous chef. What a beautiful review for somebody who is just really an exhausted cook who needs to quickly eat something before she has to do it all over again tomorrow. I, I, I do like the battle-weary dishwasher. Ooh, it is battle-weary. It's a beautifully written <laughs> review. How many stars? How many hats? Look, it's got no hats. It might have a little bit of a trucker cap if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> One trucker cap. One trucker cap. For, uh, for Beck's place. What, what about you? Gary, have you eaten somewhere that's been <laughs> afforded a review? Well, it's funny you should do what you did because I wrote something very similar but because um, it was it's it's scary the choice of dishes uh, in this review that I'm reading right now is limited often involving just simple pasta Richard uh, that you sometimes <laughs> seven get a, nights a week <laughs> seven <laughs> nights a week you kind of get a sense that's been reheated uh, the head chef is, can be a little bit irate, especially when he overhears children mumbling, oh, this is all we got for dinner, Dad. Oh, this is coming. <laughs> Not bolognese again. Not bolognese again. So that's, yeah, you guessed that that's me. Actually, this is a review. I'm, I'm getting hammered on TripAdvisor, by the way. You, at least you, you didn't, I don't know, you get any bad reviews? Oh, no. Look, I got this one here. Your food sucks and so do you. And that was my wife that just <laughs> left oh, that wow. just then. Admittedly, we were having a fight at the time, and I wish she wouldn't put that on the trip. But anyway, but here's a review. I went, I went to a place too as well. I go to this place a lot. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The cosy establishment, Richard, has a certain exciting chill to it. There are so many layers and levels, and the variety of what's on offer can sometimes be a little overwhelming. There's even a snow room uh, which stores frozen delectables. It's my fridge. <laughs> Did you guess that? Richard was onto it. Yeah. No, you were trying. I don't go out much, as you can tell. Half a, half a trucker hat. <laughs> yeah. 
half a, just like a, a cap, cap, not even a cap, just a, just like a, you know, what else is, what's less than a hat? Just a, like one of those paper like, made ones, just a piece of yeah, paper folded to look folded, like a hat. Yeah. Or an origami hat. Or one of those bad Christmas, you know, when you get the popper things and you've got to put on the stupid oh, yeah, crown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Like yeah. not even one of those, like a half a one doesn't half fit a paper, on your head. Half a paper crown for Gary's fridge. <laughs> Alice Fraser, are any of the places that you've eaten recently been afforded a review by the Good Food Guide? Oh, yes. I, uh, the Good Food Guide has reviewed eating around my baby's meal. Uh, you enter to the sharp and complex sense of burned sweet potato, the slightly crunchy underfoot, uh, like the skulls of your defeated enemies in memoriam of the time you took your baby to the beach and then didn't vacuum. Uh, starter <laughs> is a fistful of cold grapes in front of the open fridge, cool, refreshing, unwashed, uh, and then a spoonful of grated cheese uh, followed uh, uh, while your baby briefly forgets that you're not right there. Then a fistful of wet avocado directly from the baby's hand, generously offered, followed by a collection <laughs> of variously aged leftovers uh, in a mixture of levels of danger depending on your appetite for risk. We draw a modest <laughs> veil over dessert, which is served four or five hours later in your underpants, with a spoon, again illuminated by the crisp, unflattering fluorescence of the heart of the fridge. You eat this with relentless vigour until your baby awakes and you are called to complete the cycle uh, and serve yourself as food. Gee, it sounds good. I'd like to go there. Mm. It sounds I mean, great. It sounds very well, it sounds very. the kind of things I'm eating oh, in my yeah. house. We're all be... eating at home a lot. <laughs> yeah. three, the Come three on, eating at home in your undies and watching the telly. That's, that's better I mean, than Aria. Yeah, that's, that's a trucker that's cap. Good. I'll take a trucker cap. Uh, are we ready for the Wheel of Death? Ah, no. Oh, oh, what yeah, is, uh, what, there's a cancellation. The Wheel what? of Death. Do you have to call it the Wheel of Death, Richard? The Wheel of Death. Gary Eck is going to take on the Wheel of Death. Can we call it the Wheel of Encouragement or something? Because I made him. Washing machine, Vespa, snakes and ladders. Maths, magpies, mozzies, food processor, cats in boxes, chocolate, nodding flowers. There was a reference to Wordsworth, I think, in his poem about the nodding daffodils. Weeds, burping, Mm. arrows, happy, and we're back to washing machine. What fools you full of fear? (laughs) (laughs) Tommy does this so, like, effortlessly. And I'm even standing in the same spot Tommy is in. And he's always like, yeah. Whatever. Well, just, yeah, just, just give do, it to me. You just do, do it. Tommy impression. Yeah. yeah, do it in the voice. Yeah, Tommy uh, Dean. Yeah. I'm Tommy Dean Richard, and I'm going to be on the Wheel of Death. I love the Wheel of Death because you get to spin the wheel, Richard, and I get to talk about it in my deep voice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that was quite good playing for time, but here we go. <laughs> round and round and round it goes. Dad, Where it stops, no one knows. No one knows. Gary no one knows. Eck. On the topic, as suggested uh, by a listener, what is it of snakes and ladders? <gasps> snakes and snakes ladders. Snakes and ladders. Yeah, actually, I mean, it's snakes and ladders. This is curious. It's it's kind of fortuitous in a way because uh, this is a topic that I'm very familiar with, having um, studied gameology. Uh, I did a well. I did a, a master's in gameology at Oxford University. And I didn't know that. About you. No, no, you didn't know that at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things you don't know about me, Richard. Is that where that um, posh baby voice came yeah, from? That's that where I picked it up. Yeah, yeah. That's where I, we used to. I mean, that was part of the the game. You know, part of the master's degree. We all had to speak mm. in posh kind of accents. Mm. Um, you know, hello, good evening to see you. Great to be here, Gary. What college was it? It was the third one. <laughs> just from oh, the, yeah, oh, just so far. Oh, can't remember. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Uh, dun- <laughs> dungeons. Dungeons and Drag. It was just off. It was, we were all in kind of different games. Like there was a Monopoly house, um, you know, the Snakes and Ladders, the Checkers, the Chess, you know. We, and I, I, was, I was in Snakes and Ladders. And oh. it's curious where Snakes and Ladders actually came from because it goes back to um, ancient times. It's an Egyptian uh, thing, 
right. Well, where they had the ibis. Where they had the ibis. So the ibis was, is obviously Egyptian, came from Iran, but um, originally was from uh, Mexico, I think. And anyway, we're going to go on about the ibis. This is about snakes and ladders. Yeah, so, I mean, how they used to torture people back in, in the pharaoh's time was to throw them into tombs, right, yeah. um, full of snakes. But you didn't oh, know yeah. which... because that happened in uh, that film, yeah. They had them in the film, yeah, the yeah. Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark. Yeah, That's yeah. where they got the idea from. It's, it's, it was snakes and ladders. They basically stole the game and put it in the film. And, I mean, I remember Harrison Ford, he goes, look, we're just ripping off the game here. I don't really feel comfortable just playing snakes and ladders. And they said, look, don't worry about it. Steven Spielberg's bought the rights. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, he bought the rights to the game. He bought the rights yeah. to the game to put it in the film yeah. to play the scene where he falls into the pit of snakes. Um, so basically, you know, in Egyptian times, it was fun. You, didn't, you got thrown into a pit of snakes, right? And, and then there were ladders, but you didn't know, you were blindfolded. Ah. And so you didn't know where the ladder wow. was. And you had to get to the ladder before the snakes obviously, you know, consumed you. Yeah. Because back then snakes were, were carnivorous and they kind of ate you are. and stuff like that. So that's kind of the origin. So when you were at Oxford, did you go and do an archaeological dig and discover all this? Well, I just dug in my backyard because I was a bit lazy. <laughs> <laughs> the other guys went on the tour. Yeah, I was like, you know what, guys, I'm just going to sit this one out and uh, maybe just play in the backyard because um, it was very studious. Uh, for, for Alice, question. <laughs> when I was at Cambridge, uh, yeah. genuinely, oh, there was yeah. a guy in anthropology. Oh, genuinely, you were he was, not. I Come was, on, he I studied anthropology and his anthropological study uh, was rich people in Paris because he was like, I'm not going to an <laughs> island wow, somewhere. That's I'm incredible. Study rich people. It's very <laughs> common about Australian parliamentarians when they go on a, a study tour overseas. It always just happens to be Paris in June. Yeah. 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 I have a question for you. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. Barry. About snakes it and ladders in the pits. And, in the pits, and the, yeah. did they end up selling that idea to I'm a celebrity, get me out of here? Because it sounds very similar. <laughs> they did, they did. Yes. Right, so, right. well, they celebrity get me out of here asked for it, and of course, because the original game, um, you know, they put sort of like uh, grease and stuff on the ladder. That's how you kept slipping back down. Oh, right, That's yeah. the joke, you know. And so, yeah, so they had to pay, pay extra for those rights, obviously. Uh, to enjoy the, you know, and the, and the celebrity get me out mm-hmm. of here. But it was, a, you know, I, I spent five years uh, studying gameology and uh, snakes and ladders, obviously, by, you know, what I'm saying now, obviously, I, I understand quite a lot about it. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm, my book, which comes out uh, in a couple of weeks, um, The Origins of Snakes and Ladders, The History of uh, Egyptian Games, um, it's, uh, it's, well, it's just more of a pamphlet when I say book. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah. Well, but I have another question for you. What did you hope to get out of it when you did the degree? Did you have a bit of a dream that you were going into study gameology? Or he just wanted to get on the first rung of the academic ladder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and crazy. I slipped back that down. Yeah, that first one. I just kept falling back down. No, um, it was a. Co- I wanted a competition to study there. Oh wow! Incredible <laughs> yeah. luck. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of luck. Yeah, Alice, you got another question. Oh no, I just. I mean, have... I just feel like so learned here. Yeah. Just, just, you know, just. I'm learning Depositing all my knowledge onto you guys. It's, it just feels so wonderful. I need to know how to play board games because mm. I cannot play board games. I, yeah. Whenever I play board games, I'm just conscious of the relentless approach of death. Yeah. I, like I can't. You got to be bored. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, why, that's why they're called board games. Board games. Yeah, I think I never got over Utterly the betrayal bored. of realizing the way that my family plays Monopoly is not the way that other families play Monopoly. Well, Apparently. So, Real Monopoly. Yeah. You're not allowed to hold up the bank with well, a gun. That's why oh, Snakes wow. and Ladders is such a great game. You know, based on the Egyptian stuff that I studied. Um, <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, even as an adult, you play it now. It's thrilling. Like, am I gonna <laughs> slide back down that ladder or the snake rather and end up at well, the? Well, it is a metaphor for life, isn't it? Isn't it? It's yeah. up. Yeah, you go up and you come back down, and you have got to get back up again. 
Um, they made a song of that as well. Uh, <laughs> I get knocked based down. On, I get knocked down. Did they pay rights out? That's based have. on snakes and ladders. I get knocked they, down. Yeah. If you, I mean, the rule lyrics were: I got, I slid back down the snake. You get uh-uh. back up the ladder again. And did they have to pay but Spielberg as well? The they, well, yeah, because he bought the rights to it. So Spielberg is just <laughs> cashing it in. I mean, that guy is loaded. Does he die, ladies no, and gentlemen? No, he, he lives. He lives. Oh, he, uh, he, he doesn't get attacked by the <laughs> ibis, lions. Ibis, I'm getting attacked by an ibis. <laughs> the, the snakes. He Maybe. lives forever in no, Jumanji. Excellent. Uh, Gary Eckhouse, Fraser and Beck Melrose. Beck Melrose on Thank God It's Friday. Now, Melissa Caddick's possessions were being auctioned off this week in an effort to repay some of the money she defrauded from her victims. If your assets were sold, how much would be raised and by what Items. Alice Fraser. I own so little, uh, Richard. Genuinely, I've been on the road with my baby uh, mm-hmm. for the last six months, so I've just been living out of a suitcase. So there's the baby. Right. There's, I mean, the baby, she owns herself. So uh, I've, got a, I've got a collection of priceless NFTs. Uh, Non-fungible tokens. 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 They're just uh, pictures of pigs that I drew. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a billion dollars in a cryptocurrency uh, that somebody sold to me off the back of a van. Which is now um, worth... Which is now worth... It'll be worth more... Um, when the van comes back. And uh, also I'd like to sell off the concept of motherhood, uh, which is simultaneously called priceless and yet mm. somehow still not paid even a minimum wage. Mm. Oh, gee, Very nice, good. Nice call there. Yeah, I agree. Some political yeah. comment. I <laughs> agree. What are you going to sell off big? Look, my family hasn't got a great track record with selling off things for value. My dad collected stamps for years, and when he finally got the chance to go overseas for the very first time, he thought, yes, this is it, I'm going to cash it in. He had this extensive stamp collection, took it to get valued, and the stamps were worth less than the face value of the stamps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It was no good. We collected lots of stuff. We collected Tarzos and Beanie Babies. They're not worth anything. Hard work. None of the stuff we did as kids was worth anything. My hmm. brother once convinced me to put in my pocket money to help him buy a, a stack of uh, Magic the Gathering cards, which he said would accrue value. And then uh, when we were in our 20s, he had this massive box of Magic the Gathering cards and some family friend came to visit and he's like, oh, I'm into Magic the Gathering. And my brother gave him all of the Magic Gather- the Gathering oh. cards <gasps> and I genuinely felt affronted. I was like, that was my investment, mate. <laughs> that is my nest egg. <laughs> if you've ever dealt with a uh, an, um, an estate, it's the most tragic mm-hmm. thing, dealing with your parents' estate, because there's all these things that you know that they just adored and they thought were incredibly valuable and then they're actually worth nothing. So my my mother's second husband had this collection of Matchbox cars and my mother had them insured for something like ten thousand dollars, <laughs> and they were and they, they were kind of beautiful, and some yeah. of them were from the you know he'd he'd collect them as a boy, so some of them were from the nineteen thirties, and they were all in pride of place, all lined up, and mm. they looked fantastic, and and so I thought, oh well, I might uh, I might sell them and you know give the money to the kids or something like that, and expecting you know oh, ten thousand dollars, maybe twelve, nine thousand would be okay, may, maybe that, and. It, it then emerges, once you go on the internet, that a car, however beautiful, if it is not in its box and in yes. a pristine yeah. state, is worth nothing. Absolutely. Mm. And, then, and then all that brown furniture, you know, the brown furniture that, uh, that well, my parents' generation loved mm. this sort of heavy furniture and sometimes it had little inset marble tops mm. and things like that. And they were the pride and joy of that generation. They would polish them every day and they would look after them and if anyone so much as scratched them, they would be held to pay. Mm. None of it's worth anything. 
It turns out because no one wants it anymore. I mean, it's the that most is tragic not entirely thing, true. A uh, hipster cafes now want that stuff. That no, no, no. They the hipster cafes want um, that style of uh, I've forgotten the Parker furniture. That's what yes, they want. The Parker furniture, the Parker furniture from the seventies. They don't want the sort mm. of mahogany look from the forties. Mm. Uh, interesting. Yeah. They don't want those cupboards either. The you know the the cupboards which are not quite wide enough so you can actually close the the door without the shirt bending. <laughs> On the hanger. Mm. They don't want that anymore. No. Yeah, with those I little handles why. that are sort of dingly zip yeah. things. They don't want like a little know, dingly dangly you, zip. You never know what's going to be valuable at the time or what's going to become valuable. I mean, my parents had You never like know a... when the cupboard's going to have a witch in it. That's what I learned <laughs> from my childhood. Yeah, lion as this is well. very true. Yeah, that's more valuable if you open mm. up and there's a lion in there. Mm. Yeah. My parents had like one of those old kookaburra stoves. Oh, that'd be good. Oh, they, wow. they threw it out. It's like, oh, yeah, just get rid of that, throw it out. Oh, and throw it out. And one of those was an old kookaburra shower that you have to light. You have to light the gas, turn the, the lever to light yeah, the inside yeah, to yeah. heat the water. Yeah. Which, I mean, <laughs> crazy. I mean, endless hot showers. They were common, though. They were, they com- were, they no, were common. common there was but a, just... It's called a chip heater, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Chip heater or just... Um, when I studied at Oxford, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where are we up to? Well, Beck, yeah. What are you worth, Beck, in the end? Nothing. Look, I think I'm worth less than the face value that I'm presenting. Oh, because <laughs> st- you were on the stamps. Yeah, and the, yeah, well, yeah. the stamps are hopeless, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. hopeless. What a, uh, Do you have that triangular one from, you know, the, there were always these, these, when you were a child, you collect the stamps and there was all these ones from I've countries, got, you, countries you kind ones, of yeah. never heard of and, you know, and, and you looked at them and they were in strange shapes and you'd think, oh, man, that yeah. must be worth something. It was mm. always from Tuvalu or something. Yeah. And, and you'd look up Tuvalu He's on the map and, oh, and you'd just be thrilled with it and think, <laughs> oh, that must be worth it. And then you'd look, you, what was it called? St- Stanley Gibbons. Mm. There used to be this large volume where you'd turn Stanley Gibbons and you'd look it up and it would say, it's worth three cents. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And you paid 40 cents for it. <laughs> but the problem was, right, you steam them off the envelope, put them into your book, and then they're worth nothing. You've got to keep mm. them in the original plastic. No but one I, tells you this. I, I newsagent's son, have still oh, got yeah. the silver round 50-cent pieces. Oh, wow. Which yeah. the government, there was a point where... Are they the, useless, Richard? Throw them there, away. No, there was, a, there was a point where the government announced that they were going to re- remove these from the currency because they'd worked out that the silver content was worth 70 cents. And <laughs> oh, the, wow. The That's face great. value was only 50. So they're going to pull them out of currency circulation and replace them with the one we've got now with the little sides on yeah. it, right? And so my father, having access to a news agency, just went nuts and he's got a bag of, I would say, 50 of them. Wow, still. Which is worth at least and $70. I've, I've got <laughs> yeah. it. I've wow. got it. Are they so if you ever see me driving around in a Merc or something, you'll think he's yeah. finally That's cashed in the 50 cent. Yeah. Oh, didn't know. Wow, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd be worth quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. I know <laughs> where you live. I know where you live, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to when you're going yeah. out one night. Uh, where yeah. are those coins? Where are those coins? Honey, quick, turn the little torch light off. Can I find those freaking coins? They're 50 cent pieces. No, they're round, not the other ones. I am always impressed in movies when thieves go into an office and know exactly where to find something because I don't know where to find things in my own office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you're worth no, you're yeah. worth nothing. You're worth nothing, Gary. If you if you if you if you were if you were if you were, if you were <laughs> Melissa Caddick and you defrauded yeah. someone and they were going to sell off everything to repay them, what oh, would yeah. they find? Gary Kuching, they call me. I've got some great goods here. That if, by the Gary way, expensive? Can Gary I that? expensive. Gary expensive. Gary, what the heck uh, is my company called? Um, I do have, if anyone's interested, a 2007 iMac. 
Um, yeah. Ooh la la, what a humble <laughs> brag, okay. I know, I know. It's one of those ones that even, you know, those people that poke around at cancel pickup, they just go, nah, don't worry about that. Just leave it. It's been on the side for like years. I can't even get rid of it. <laughs> It is terrible when you get. I mean, I've been robbed a few times at home, and it is terrible when you come home and this everything's still there. It's everything. Yeah. yeah, it's like couldn't you have taken yeah. the and the insurance uh, guy comes around and you then say, "What did you? You know, terrible damage to the window yeah. and door. You know, okay, we'll fix that. What else did they take? And you say the coins. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know in Canberra. In Canberra, no, not the fifty cents because the they're hidden. Yeah, well, you know, in Canberra, it's legal to grow two marijuana plants per household. Yeah, and my brother who still lives down there. His friends. Um, this is true. I'm not even making this story up. They had growing a couple of plants and some thieves broke in and stole the plants, right? Mm. And they were beautiful plants. He'd been growing them like six foot tall or something. And he was so upset and he rang the police, right? <laughs> oh, no. And told them that his plants had been stolen. And by law, the police had to go look for them. <laughs> Did they have to return well, they have them to, by They law? have to call up and go, we're doing our best to get your plants, mate. You get know, your marijuana back. Oh, that was terrible. You know, can you describe it for us? Wow, they were beautiful, yeah. lush. Can you, do a, can you do a victim impact study <laughs> yeah. statement, sir? <laughs> oh, he's a bit stoned at the moment. We'll yeah. come back. When he's a bit more lucid, I was, ho- I was hoping to get high on these, Governor. Yeah. I was hoping to smoke them and then have yeah. five packets of Tim Tams. Yeah, well, we feel really sorry. Here's some speed in the meantime, and uh, just take care of yourself, all right, buddy? Well, but yes, yeah, so yeah, I've got yeah, that, so. and I do have also, by the way, um, a tredge, uh, a tr- uh, not tredge, a hedge trimmer. Okay, that uh, is a beautiful hedge trimmer that I bought with the intention of doing all the like, mm-hmm. all the hedges. Uh, Topery, Topery, yep. Uh, yep, sounds good. What about that? Uh, you could you could make the uh, the uh, meat eating elephant that Alice was going to send to kill oh, the yes, ibis, absolutely. just to crush, just to trample the hedges. Yeah. That's a better way rather than trim it. Just trample. I'm a hedge trampler. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's um, I bought it and when you know what, it's going to get someone to do it. And so it's still, it's still in the box. Anyways, in the box. It's still in the box. Well, as, okay. as, 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 as new in the box. As new in the box. As you say, it's still got to be in the box. And owned by Gary Eck, as heard on TGIF. That does add some value. And I bought it for $199 and given inflation, current state of the world, and a shortage of hedge trimmers, uh, what, 12000 12000 Can I tell you the one weird, the really <laughs> weird thing? I'll throw in your coins as the, well. The really weird thing about the... the I have the, a necklace full of teeth. Oh, uh, well, that's, that'll go. <laughs> yes. The really stamps. weird thing about the, the car collection is I've, get, I've got them out recently because I never did anything because they're not... Mm. So I had them... And then I got them out for the, for the grandchild because he likes cars. Oh, yeah. And so I'm getting them all out. And this is just weird and I don't understand it all because the guy, the, my stepfather, he served in the British military and all that, you yeah. know, did, patriotic guy and there's all these cars which you're obviously obsessed with and one of them swear to god is a nazi uh, officer's car with nazi flags on it oh. what well, that's, that's probably, probably worth that's a probably lot worse. in america yeah. right exactly now. so i'm thinking the whole thing is not is worth about a dollar except the for the one. nazi memorabilia which i could sell for ten thousand yeah. dollars but do i want to meet the sort of people who'd give me ten thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. for the nazi car it's <laughs> great thing about selling yeah. things on the internet you don't have to mm. meet them and also you can just like uh, leave a little mm. surprise in fill it yeah. with itching powder or something how's the te- how's the uh, headline no doubt in the telegraph abc hosts uh, sells nazi <laughs> memorabilia <laughs> gonna go for me yeah <laughs> i think i'll just leave it to the 50 cent coins yeah who, who are the winners and losers of this week gary uh, well, I'm going to say uh, Elon Musk is the loser, uh, lifting the ban on everyone's uh, suspended accounts. Even Donald Trump mm-hmm. is back, but Donald Trump hasn't tweeted. Although not so. the Sandy Hook denier. There is a limit, oh, apparently. Oh, yeah. There is a, a limit. limit. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, mm. it's, yeah, it's Donald Trump. Yeah. 
For instance, yeah. if you try to go on Twitter and sell Nazi memorabilia, <laughs> as I was intending, well, you'd be okay. You'd be fine. You can do whatever you like. But uh, So he's the loser? Yeah, he's the loser. Um, you know, not that I really care that he does that, but I just didn't really want Trump back on there. But he hasn't even, he hasn't even tweeted. But he's got his own site to promote, you see. That's right. He's got my own site, Richard. I don't need that. <laughs> you should tweet that. Tweet that. Someone else tweet that because I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to tweet. I hate tweeting now. I have my own account because I'm going to be president. <laughs> President of the world. Tweet, tweet that. Tweet, tweet every. And the winner, um, I'm going to say soccer. Who, when is soccer not the winner during a world? I mean, I, to be honest, I don't watch soccer ever, but during a World Cup, I'm like the biggest fan. So you have to be put off for, by all the, you know, the no, politics and no, that. No, 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 I'm not there. I mean, look at, I mean, how can you be? I mean, gosh, you know, they're having a go, you know, they're hard on homosexuality. I mean, have they actually watched a soccer game when they score? <laughs> I mean, hello. <laughs> it doesn't get any more huggy than that, Richard. It's, I can't watch soccer at all. I can't watch soccer because I just keep wanting to go, use your hands. <laughs> just it's catch so it. More efficient. Tackle him. <laughs> Tackle him. Six of your hands. Yeah. Who were the winners and losers? Alice Fraser. Uh, for me, uh, the winner of the week was my dad. Uh, who got to have me come back from overseas and and stay in his house and then get the mm. gardener and the cleaner and fix the television which had been broken mm. and hedge trimmer? Uh, Didn't he, would you like a hedge trimmer? Hedge I mean, thousand dollars scarf bag. The hedges were trimmed. Would you like a m- model of a Nazi staff car? <laughs> I got everything. I've, I've, I've revolutionised his house, and uh, I think the loser of the week, therefore, is a me. Is me, 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 me. me. Is oh. he in love with his granddaughter? <laughs> he, he's a, he adores her. It's mm. very uh, nice. And I have to mm. say, my dad is not necessarily the, a dab hand, but like a change of a nappy. Uh, but his great, great quality is: you wake up at four thirty in the morning, and you knock on his bedroom door, and you hand him a baby, and he is delighted. Yeah. Really, yeah. Wow. yeah, and you're like, I'm I mean, going I, to sleep until six thirty, mm. and then. I, I'm, I'm relatively elderly myself, and he'll he'll already been up for by about for two hours. <laughs> yeah, he's, but he's just genuinely he's so happy to take her for a couple of hours in the morning, and it has increased my quality of life mm. by about forty percent. Hey, Mr. Fraser, so you're also the winner of the week in a way. Uh, winner and losers, Beck Melrose. <laughs> I'm going to say that the Victorians are the winner of the week because the smell of democracy is in the air. They're going to go and get to go to the polls on Saturday, but then I think the losers of the week, therefore, are also. Victorians, because they're going to have to face all of the politicians on Saturday trying to spruik their party. But it's a genuinely uh, close thing, isn't it? Oh, it is. It, too it's, close to uh, pick, they say. I'm not it, even following it, but... Uh. So it's a cooked election, let's put it that the way. The most recent election, our local, uh, we went down to the local uh, bolo and went in and I, I had the baby and the pram and it was it was down some stairs and, and the uh, member, the Liberal member um, approached me and said, uh, I'll mind your pram for you. And I went down and I voted not for them. <laughs> and then I came out and he'd abandoned the pram. So oh, wow. I was glad that I hadn't voted for him. <laughs> now I'm not voting either. <laughs> there should be some website where you can actually sort of log your um, real life impressions of all these people. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It's called the internet. It's called Twitter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's been taken over. Yeah. Oh my God. By the evil Trump. Uh, lots of people saying uh, we loved fascinating rhythm, perfect harmonies, perfect high notes, high energy. Mm. Sounded like a cast of hundreds. There were quite a few yeah. actually in here. Uh, loving TJF on this balmy evening in sunshine, says Heather. And uh, yeah, some uh, quite a few people saw the show at the Hayes. Theatre saw it last week. What a fantastic show. Lots of song tunes that we all knew. So there you go. Beautiful. Go along to the Hayes Theatre. Thank you to Gary Eck, Alice Fraser and Beck Melrose. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. 
on TGIF. Uh, thanks for joining us next week. Kirsty Wiebeck, James O'Loughlin and Tommy Dean will be here. Music from the Wharf Review. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. And thank God it's Friday! Woo-hoo!